Isn't it awesome to serve a God who still speaks today? Jesus spoke life and he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he speaks life today. It's through the written word. It's through the living word. It's through the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit. It's through your words of comfort and grace to our community. God's good. Speak to us through your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Wow. Well, that's fired us up, hey? Now we can focus in and listen to what God wants to speak to our hearts. And I just want to encourage you, there's a new wind of the Spirit blowing. There's a fresh wind blowing. I was sharing with the leaders last night. I was speaking at a camp in, in the Atherton Tableland in October, and I felt the wind of the Spirit blow into the Sunday morning meeting like I hadn't felt for a long time. And since then, I've seen an increasing flow of breakthrough, spiritual life and power, people coming to Christ. And I believe that He's drawing many people. He's drawing people back. And I remember Peter and Delwyn came over to uh, for a few days holiday towards the end of last year, and we had a couple together, and we prayed together. Like I thought, what? Why waste the time to pray? A moment to pray. And as we we're praying, I felt the Holy Spirit show me a picture of what was going to happen in this church because they told me they'd move back into this old church building. I thought, awesome! That's so exciting. And I saw people streaming to the church. And, and, and I said, Lord, what's that mean? He said, some of those people are going to be descendants of the people who used to attend this church decades ago. I saw it as clear as anything, and I declared that, didn't I? And I believe that's going to happen. There's going to be maybe one or two of you here already, your descendants used to come to this church years ago. And I believe that's going to increase. God's going to draw them in from across the region and reach out. And just, you'll be surprised, you'll meet them down the street. And you'll tell them that you're back in the old church building and say, really? You should come and check it out. You watch and God will get a hold of their hearts. Well, I just love the Holy Spirit. Last night we shared on the gifts of the Spirit. Today I want to focus in a little bit more on that and talk about the prophetic. The prophetic ministry, just like the Holy Spirit was flowing through me today. God wants all of us to hear and be led by the Holy Spirit. In Romans it says, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. And I believe God wants us to be led by the Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 12:1 says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, I do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant. None of us want to be called ignorant, do we? No. But it says about the gifts of the Spirit, sometimes we just don't know much about it. It's sort of that spiritual realm and you see an occasional evangelist or prophet prophesy or move in the gifts of the Spirit. But hey, it's meant for all of us every day of our lives. And to have prophetic eyes is to see in the spirit to have revelation that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened the apostle paul said and i believe every believer you can have your eyes open to see not only the natural but to also see with the eyes of the spirit so that you see things behind what's actually going on not becoming weird and spooky and crazy but just seeing with eyes of the Holy Spirit of compassion someone has pain and as you start praying the Holy Spirit starts to show you what's the cause of the pain and and you feel drawn to and you bring bring life to people so gifts are given they need to be received that's what Pastor Peter was sharing about this morning gifts are given but sometimes we don't even see them or we don't receive them and uh, they're not meant to be rejected 
but they're meant to be understood and used for his purpose. I don't know if you're a parent and you bought some gifts for the Christmas for your kids or for their birthday, you'd be heartbroken if you offered them all these beautiful wrapped gifts with their names on them and they didn't open them and just threw them aside. Some of us have done that to our Heavenly Father and we haven't even realized it. The gift of His grace, the gift of His Holy Spirit power, all these beautiful gifts and they got your name on it. He says, come on, see them and open them up. And then if a kid opens the gift and then throws it aside and never touches it again, you'd be heartbroken. Hey, we're meant to, isn't it great when kids love them and play with them and especially those ones that have got noisy things with batteries in them and yeah, they're all amazing, isn't it? We got, we got a little granddaughter and there's a lovely old lady in the church, Elaine. She loves to buy gifts and, and she used to, for, for fun, she'd buy those teddies. Every time you squeeze them, they make these crazy songs and noise and drive the parents crazy. But God gives us good gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. These are the work of one and the same Spirit and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So the Holy Spirit has gifts for all of us. He gives us the gift of salvation first in Jesus Christ. Don't ever, ever forget the gift of salvation by His grace. And then the Holy Spirit comes and offers us gifts, not so that you're a better Christian than someone else, but you're better equipped to live out this Christian life so that you can become an overcomer. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. It would have been good if He said we were conquerors. He says you're more than conquerors. In other words, nothing can defeat us or destroy us if we keep connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Is there suffering? Is there challenges? There trials? Yes, but it doesn't have to destroy your faith or overcome you because we are more than conquerors. So all these beautiful gifts, there's uh, nine gifts of the Spirit mentioned here. It's not the only gifts um, that God gives to the body, but we want to look at these for a moment. There's three vocal gifts. Um, that's this, uh, speaking out. Um, those words of gifts there's three revelation gifts and there's three power gifts and they, they're incredibly powerful I remember Pastor Tim Hall anyone ever heard Pastor Tim Hall an amazing evangelist guy he's a radical guy I did a week's missions trip in Fiji many years ago probably the most crazy week of my life but hundreds of people got saved and healed and delivered it was an amazing journey but I remember he told the story I think he's in his book that I read that years ago uh, he was a young evangelist and uh, the Students for Christ group invited him to the university. I can't remember if it was Melbourne or Adelaide. And he went there for this public meeting. Well, sure enough, all the other different student groups came and there was a whole group of them just heckling and yelling at him and just causing incredible strife so no one could hear Tim trying to preach and share the hope of Jesus. And he said, Lord, what am I going to do? And the, some of the leaders were scared it was going to get really messy and out of control. And uh, Tim was sharing and telling his great jokes and and trying to communicate and and then tim said holy spirit what do i do he says i was waiting for you to ask me you were doing your clever little bit 
And then immediately the download came from the Holy Spirit to the ringleader who was the loudest thing and God started to unravel his whole life. So Tim in wisdom didn't embarrass him but say, bro, is that true that this happened in your life when you were 15? And the word of knowledge broke that whole place open. The whole place went quiet. This guy started to cry, stopped his heckling because he knew that God was in the place and had come to change his life. That's what a word of knowledge can do. It can break open a whole crowd of people. And then his life changed and dozens of people gave their hearts to Jesus in what could have been a chaotic heckling scene where the enemy was in control. One word of knowledge delivered in grace broke open a whole place. And I've seen that happen at times where a download, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a prophetic word of hope can not only move the atmosphere in a church beating where most people know what's happening, but can shift the atmosphere in a secular, unchrist-like environment. And it's amazing how the Holy Spirit, see, it makes you better equipped. Or you can just start to speak a word of hope to someone and as you're speaking that, there's a download of hope because prophecy is basically giving a glimpse of God's preferred future for a person or a group. It's not to bring judgment on people. That's the Old Testament prophets. We get it all mixed up. Prophecy is to bring life and hope. In Romans 12:6, it talks about various gifts of encouragement and mercy and grace. In Ephesians 4:11, it talks about being apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. It says they are given as gifts to the body of Christ. Then we go on to 1 Corinthians 14.1 14, 14, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed to one who understands them they are the mysteries by the Spirit. For the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I want to come back to that verse, but let's flip back one verse I missed, 1 Peter 4.10. It says, every believer has received grace gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are charisma or charismatic. For some that know, I've heard that. And charisma or charismatic means grace. So any gift that God gives you or releases through your life is a grace gift. It's an unfavored gift that God's released to you to be a blessing to your family. First of all, it's a blessing to you. It's a blessing to your family. It's a blessing to the church, the body of Christ, and to our broken world. They are charisma. They are charismatic gifts. So use them to serve one another. Not to show how spiritual you are. Use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-colored tapestry of God's grace. What a beautiful picture that is. The many colored tapestry of God's grace. Look around this church this morning. Look at all the different ages and types of people and backgrounds and, and all that. We are a many colored tapestry of God's grace. If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be all together in this room today. We'd all be doing different things. Not necessarily good or bad things, just different. But in Jesus, we are joined together by the Spirit of God that is this many colored tapestry for example if you have a speaking gift speak as though God was speaking his words through you so if you're leading a connect group or praying or speaking or preaching do it with conviction that God's speaking through you 
not in a proud, arrogant way that I've got the answers and you don't, but you speak with boldness and passion and confidence. This is amazing because I was a really shy young guy. And for me to do, be a minister now for 45 years, that just amazes me. That's the work of God's grace. But whenever I get up, I speak with boldness and passion and confidence. Lord, if I'm going to do it, let's do it well. Let's partner together, Lord, and see what can happen. And God wants to give confidence to some of you to use the gifts that God's put within your heart of leadership. He goes on and says, If you have the gift of serving, do it passionately with the strength God gives you. We're all set free to serve. And it's great to see different ones serving in the church. And as this church grows, there's going to be more and more opportunities for people to step up and serve on a team, in a gift, working with kids and, and on the tech team and, and greeting people at the door and, and doing whatever, prayer. We all find our niche and flow with it. And it says, so that in everything, God alone will be glorified through Jesus Christ. So any gift the Holy Spirit releases to us and through us is for Jesus to be glorified, people's lives to be changed. Now let's go on to that verse we read just a moment ago, 1 Corinthians 14. And it says in verse 3, The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. So if someone's got a prophetic word and it's happening, and it doesn't do at least one of those three things, I start to question whether this is fully from God. Okay? It says a prophecy... A word from God, a download from the Holy Spirit must do at least one of those. And if you're doing all three, God, they're going to be really blessed. So you encourage people, you strengthen their faith and their courage, and you bring comfort. The prophetic word must do one or more than one of those things. And if it's not doing those, you've got to question the motive or where they're really, whether they're really hearing from the Spirit of God. And boy, God gets a bad name for so often. So many things are accredited to Jesus that he had nothing to do with. So many things are said, the Holy Spirit told me to do it, and he had nothing to do with it. It was your own soul or some other driven agenda. And the church of Jesus Christ has suffered from immature people doing dumb things and saying it was God told them to do it. Hey, we've got to grow up and mature past that. The body of Christ has got to get past doing selfish dumb things that are not inspired by the spirit of god and not done with an attitude of love and grace and respect for people and i believe that god's been shaking the church through COVID and now moving on so that we grow into maturity where people when they enter our arena where you touch them wherever you are in life they they see something of jesus love and grace they are touched by his presence and power. And uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 22 to 25 says, Tongues then are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say you're out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Now this few verse has been misunderstood by so many people. It says tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. And yet for a long time, 
we've misunderstood the next verse and some churches think well tongues are too controversial we'll just stay away from them hey if the holy spirit birthed his church with an outpouring of his spirit and the speaking in tongues are prophetic and supernatural who are we to say that's not the right way to do it you know and the enemy has caused so much strife over speaking in tongues and prophetic areas when we just need to get back to what god designed it for tongues are assigned to the unbelieving we shared last night a few stories of how people have got saved or been it's been a sign that's got them thinking about god are you real and uh, my our daughter rachel her and her husband run our youth ministry now at, at harvey bay when she was at the anglican college she just she's just loved jesus when she was probably born you know she's always just loved jesus just one of those kids and so she was full of the Holy Spirit at a young age and she'd go to this Angwin school and she started a prayer meeting, a lunchtime prayer meeting and there'd only be a few kids would come and uh, a few of them she'd invite along to a Youth Alive event and they'd heard people speaking in tongues and so they said, Rachel, do you speak in tongues? She said, yeah. She said, do it now because we're fascinated by it. And Rachel said, I'm not going to make a show of it. This is a prayer language between me and Jesus. But they were fascinated. It was a sign to them. They said, there's something supernatural here and we don't understand it. And so it was truly a sign. It didn't push them away. It made them curious. So how do you do it? And so she talked to them about it. And, uh, and then in prayer, she just naturally worshipped and prayed in tongues a few times. And they were curious. It was a sign to the unbeliever. And uh, God wants us not to be afraid of the Holy Spirit's grace and power. And Mary Lynn came into a, she was brought up in a Catholic church and came in to a uh, Pentecostal church at Nambour. And first service is in there. Someone gets up and speaks a message in tongues and someone else over the other side gives an interpretation. She didn't understand it, but the hair on her, her arms and neck stood up and she said, I don't understand this, but God's in this house. That was the result of someone speaking in tongues and in an interpretation. See, that's what the Bible says. It does. You'll get a few people that will be afraid initially but something's also awakened in their spirit and if they're open they'll be drawn then it goes on and said next verse but if an unbeliever and inquirer comes in and everyone's speaking loudly in tongues or tongue that is what was happening was they were all getting filled with the holy spirit but they were all speaking out loudly in tongues and it's a gift of in, uh, message in tongues and interpretation i believe everyone can have a personal prayer language in the spirit that seems to be the way the Apostle Paul teaches it through 1 Corinthians 14. But then some people will be inspired like I did today with some prophetic words. Some people will have a message in tongues and interpretation which has a similar effect as a prophetic word. They were all standing up speaking in tongues and waiting, expecting someone to interpret, but no one was interpreting. It was just chaos. But you get in a meeting where people just quietly start to worship the Lord in their heavenly language and all of a sudden the Spirit of God can be revealed and we shared Marilyn shared last night three weeks after she was filled with the Holy Spirit she was in a in a, a Bible study prayer meeting a lady was there and Marilyn's just worshiping in her new tongues in while the guitars are playing and just singing and the lady comes up afterwards and said how long have you been speaking French Marilyn says I don't speak French I know a couple of Italian words from my Italian neighbors up north and she said well I'm a French lecturer at the Queensland Union you were speaking fluent French just before she was just worshipping in her heavenly language, which turned out God allowed it to be fluent French. And Marilyn says, what was I saying? She's a new Christian, see? 
said, well, you're explaining to me the way to give my life to Jesus Christ and who he is. She's worshipping in her tongues, language, but it was French for that lady and God, she'll never forget that moment in that caravan park. See, it can be a beautiful sign to an unbeliever. So I believe everyone can have their personal prayer language, but if everyone's just speaking loudly in tongues and no one's interpreting or making any sense of it, people will think, whoa, what's going on here? But you get in a meeting where everyone's worshipping in the Spirit, all of a sudden the atmosphere shifts, the presence of God comes, prophecy and uh, people get healed because you're just basically opening the door of your heart for the Holy Spirit to do His work. And that's why we're a Pentecostal church that makes room for the Holy Spirit. doesn't make us a better Christian, it just makes you better equipped. I've met a few people over the years and, well, I speak in tongues and you don't, so therefore I'm a superior Christian. That's a load of rubbish. That's arrogance and pride because it's a gift. It's not something you've earned. And we've got to get rid of all those crazy thinkings and just live out our spirit-filled life in a beautiful, natural way that exalts Jesus and loves people. But it makes room for the supernatural. And that last verse, the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. They'll fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is with us. I remember the first time I preached this series back in Budrum, mate, it's probably... Uh, 30 years ago, I preached a series and I read that verse. I said, God, it'd be great if that happened this Sunday. I was just passionate and crazy. I said, God, that'd be great. So I'm preaching on this. And as I'm about to give the altar call, a huge big Maori guy in the back row of the service cried out and says, God, you're real. And he fell on his knees, exactly what the Bible said would happen. And I thought, Lord, that's cool. <laughs> I think God did it for me to show that, hey, this this is and he he gave his heart to Jesus and his whole family and they were part of our church for years he had an encounter just like the Bible said can happen I thought oh God do it again do it again and so God's spirit let him be Lord he said where the spirit is Lord there is liberty or freedom that's why we make room for the Holy Spirit in our prayer groups in our small groups not weird and wacky and if something happens because uh, the people don't understand, I'll give a brief explanation. We've got transformations. We partner with drug and alcohol group transformation, up to 30 men and women in a 12-month rehab, like Teen Challenge. And uh, it's not limited to under 35. It's anyone from 18 older. And so we've got them in our church every Sunday morning, up to 30 of them. A lot of them have never been to church in their life. And so I love watching their face the first week or two they come in. And they're told it's a Christian-based program and, and, and they think, well, that'll be a 35-minute sermon with a, an old people dressed with a robe on it and someone, an old lady playing the organ and we'll sing a couple of songs and a few prayers and that'll be it. That's all they think's going to happen. Oh, we can, we can survive that, they think. They walk into church, it's like this, and the whole band's up and we're praying and worshipping and, and then preaching and then praying for the sick and, and you watch their eyes getting bigger and bigger. But what I've learnt is... Their spirit's stirred, but their mind is going in overdrive, saying, I don't understand this. So sometimes I'll do a brief explanation. If we're praying for someone and they go down under the power of God and the Spirit of God, such, I say, hey, I'll look up and see some people with fear in their eyes. I said, hey, maybe you don't understand this, but let me tell you, God's doing an operation on that person's life. I said, if you go to the hospital to get operated on, do they operate on you standing up without anesthetic? No, you get some anesthetic, you lie down, and then they operate. I said, God's just doing an operation. That person, I'm setting them free. And they nod there. So that makes sense. 
or you're praying for someone and they, they start to cry or, or weep or even, you know, their body is touched by God's presence and they might shake a bit. People can get a bit scared. And I say, hold on, hold on. That power socket over there, if I went and put my finger in that with a, a knife and my hair stood on end and I got thrown across the room, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? No, I said, well, that's 240 volts. Imagine connecting to all the power of heaven and when it touches, why should there not be some physical reaction sometimes? I said, oh, that makes sense. So I just try and unravel the unknown in ways that they can receive. And I remember, I remember about 10 years ago, we were praying for someone at the altar. We were worshipping and someone fell down on the power of God and they started to manifest an evil spirit. So I jumped down there and we were just praying and I'm, I'm just setting her free in the name of Jesus. It only took about 30 seconds or a minute. And I thought, I wonder what the transformation guys are thinking of this. You know, your sort of mind's going. So while I'm down there, I look up and to my utter amazement, six of these new guys that only been in church for a week or two, they weren't wanting to run out of the building. They were standing on their chairs, clapping and cheering. Not yet saved, but they knew someone was getting set free from darkness. Because they live in a dark, broken world out there where a lot of their mates have died from overdoses and there's demonic evil and violence and murder. They saw someone getting set free. They were on their feet, automatically clapping and cheering. So the band cranked up and we're worshipping Jesus. Within weeks, all of them gave their hearts to Jesus. That was a sign that they saw that Jesus was not just a thought or an idea or a theology. This was power that they knew they needed to touch. That doesn't happen every week. But I want to tell you, don't be afraid of letting God be God. Don't be afraid to pray. And when, when people are sick, I'm, I'm, I don't call myself a manager. I'm a pastor who just loves people. But I've learned to offer to pray for people wherever you are. In the home, in your connect group, in church, in the foyer after church, or in the community and, and something happens because when you pray you when you offer to pray for someone you're inviting God to come in and break loose in that person's situation I remember years ago I was at the Harvey Bay Airport and the deputy prime minister who at that time lived in Maribor was heading off to Canberra for a week's parliamentary sitting I was dropping a guest speaker and I saw him and I knew him not but not well and I went over and shook his hand and I said are you okay because he was limping really badly could hardly carry his little briefcase said, no, I was doing some gardening on the weekend. I've, I've done something on my back, and I'm in absolute agony. And he was a nominal Christian. He went to church, but he wasn't a Pentecostal. And I said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, sure. So then I said, let's pray now. He said, oh, no. He thought I was going to go home on my knees that night and pray for him, you know. I said, let's pray now. So I didn't embarrass him. We just went over to the side, and I prayed a prayer. I took his hand and said, let's pray and ask Jesus to help heal your back. Sure enough, he went off, and about three weeks later, I met him in another event, and I said, How's your back? He says, you know, when I got down to Canberra, the pain was nearly all gone and I was able to do everything that week and it healed up really quickly. I said, that's what Jesus can do. And that's all I said and walked off. Didn't make it a big deal. But what I've learned is when you just invite Jesus into our hurting, broken world, you're just opening the door for the Holy Spirit to be released. And does it always happen that way? Not always. But let me tell you, if you just make room wisely, respectfully, the Holy Spirit will come and flow. And He wants to flow through our hearts. 
couple more things today. How do we get into this? We eagerly desire and hunger for the prophecy and the gifts. It's not going to happen if you're not hungry for it. Say, so God, I want to be your voice. I want to be your carrier of your presence to our world. So you hunger for it. Number two, you ask God to teach you and discern his voice. The best thing you can do to teach people is to learn to know the voice of the Holy Spirit to their heart. You're going to hear different voices. You're going to hear your own voice. You're going to hear the voice of God and you're going to hear the voice of darkness and condemnation. And sometimes you'll hear other people's voices. But you need to know how does the voice of the Holy Spirit come to you? To me, it's often a flow of spontaneous thoughts that, I'm, that are too clever for me to think about. You know, it's like you're just talking to someone, all of a sudden these thoughts come into your mind and I've learned to discern when they're the Holy Spirit. The next thing I say is, Lord, what do I do with this? You don't necessarily blurt it out. Hold on, I'm just getting a download from heaven, especially if you're talking to someone down the street. Um, continue the conversation. Sometimes I turn it into a question because the Holy Spirit's given me an alert of what's going on in their soul or their situation. Sometimes I'll offer to pray, and when I pray, I'll start to pray that prophetic prayer. This is how I learned, how I learned to flow in the Spirit as a youth leader, was praying for people at meetings, youth meetings and church. And as I'd pray, I'd start praying for their felt need that they'd ask me, and then I'd move on to what God showed me, and at the end they'd be crying and say, how did you know to pray for that? And I said, I just felt God nudging my heart to pray for your family or your workplace. That's when I learned to discern how the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Marilyn, she's very visual, so when she first got saved, she'd start seeing pictures. She'd see them in multicolored, you know, three-dimensional pictures. And uh, some of you are very visual and you see things. Other times, God will speak to you um, with words of knowledge. Sometimes with pain, you'll get a pain in your body in the place that God wants to minister to someone else. I don't have that happen very often to me, but some people do. You're not, you've got no pain, and all of a sudden you feel pain. Or you're really happy, and next minute you're starting to feel depressed, out of the blue. And if that happens, I know that there's people there that are carrying a spirit of depression that we've got to pray for and take authority over today. Sometimes I'll be reminded of a person or a situation that happened months or years ago, and I think, why on earth am I thinking about so-and-so when I haven't thought about them for years? Now I know that the Holy Spirit is reminding me of them and I say, Lord, what do you want me to remember about what happened there? And it'll be a certain illness, it'll be a crisis or something going on and 99% of the time, the person I'm talking to or ministering to has the same issue. So God knows how. Sometimes it'll be a scripture. You'll just be worshiping. All of a sudden a word comes alive in your heart that he can set the captives free and think, oh, okay, Lord, what captivity do you want us to pray for today? So sometimes it's a psalm or a song. I love it when we're worshiping because often a line of the song will just jump out at you and grab you. Think, and I say then, Holy Spirit, why, why are you reminding me of that line in that song? So you just ask the next question and then I say, what do I do with this? And that's where we need wisdom and that's where some of us have done it poorly. Sometimes when God downloads something to you prophetically, it's not necessary for you to get up in a meeting and speak it out publicly. As a guest speaker, that's 
an invited role which I can do, pastors and leaders. If you're a leader of a connect group or you're in a, a prayer group where everyone is used to that environment, that's a safe place. Church is a training ground, so you learn to do the realm of the Spirit safely and well where you're teachable and can be adjusted and corrected if you do it a bit out of line or inappropriately so that when you're out in the workplace or your unsafe family, God can trust you. And that's how we learn. I stepped over the boundaries a few times when I was a, uh, in youth ministry, but I had pastors who said, hey, I can see your heart. Tell me what you were seeing and why you did what you did. And then they'd unpack it and say, that was good, that was good. You need to think about and wait a bit longer on that before you speak. And so they taught me, mentored me how to move in the Spirit safely and well. And so God's there to help us to learn to flow so the key is learning to discern the voice of the holy spirit and then you say lord what do i do sometimes when you're in a meeting or in your own devotions god downloads something to you scripture comes alive a, a thought comes sometimes it's just for your own personal blessing and benefit not everything god shows you to you is meant to be shared with everyone else <coughs> that's where we sometimes get it mixed up and a, uh, a youth pastor taught me how to learn the difference he said, if it's a message for you, ask the Holy Spirit to make it really clear and strong and then let the anointing subside so that you know it's for you. If it's for someone else, it'll just keep increasing and stronger and you know then it's meant to be prayed for for someone else at the end of the service or if you're in a role of leadership, maybe to speak it out and to pray a prayer like I did today. And so you learn to walk very naturally in the ways of the Holy Spirit without being weird or wacky a lot of people have pulled back from the work of the Holy Spirit because they've seen weird and wacky stuff stuff that was self-promoting and a mixture of self because the Bible says when we prophesy we prophesy in part and we know in part when Jesus comes we'll know everything but we live in a broken crazy world where we need to release the life of the Spirit and I want the days to come where when there's sick people, they don't just think of taking them to the hospital, but they take them to the church on the way to the hospital to get them prayed for. Now, when Brownsville Revival happened, when many revivals in the past have happened, they used to bring the people to the church and the revival meetings on the way to hospital. And sometimes the police would catch robbers. They'd bring them to church first before they'd take them to the cells. And many of them would get saved on the way and then they'd still face their consequences, but now they're a transformed person. The days are coming where that's going to happen again, where the church will become a place of healing, deliverance, transformation. And when they come, the body of Christ is ready to minister physical healing because we've got enough people that know how to pray the prayer of faith. We've got enough people that know how to release hope and love and compassion into someone who's all they've ever faced is rejection and torment and pain. We've got people that are trained to release the Holy Spirit in grace and counseling and ministry of life to those that are overwhelmed by depression and fear. And we've got people who can release a prophetic word of hope for them. Why do people go to clairvoyance and fortune tellers? Because they're trying to find something of their future. 
I'm convicted that if the church is flowing fully in that revelation power, they won't need to go there because they'll come to church and the Holy Spirit will flow through someone and a word of God will grab their heart as they're sitting in the back seat and get their attention. And they mightn't understand it all, but they'll be drawn back because God's revealed something of their heart and hope for their future. That's how the gifts of the Spirit are meant to That's what Jesus did. He just walked through the crowd. Thousands of people followed him. Why? Because he loved people. He multiplied food, so that was lots of fun. He was the greatest storyteller out, so the kids loved that. But most of all, he had downloaded from heaven and he changed their souls. And I believe God's teaching us in our own natural way to let that spirit flow in our hearts. So today I've just come to stir you to step up and believe for an increase of prophetic insight, of learning to discern the voice of God for your life so that we can have the written word and the revelation word flowing together. God wants us. And whenever God releases a prophetic word or a word of wisdom or knowledge, it will always line up with the scriptures. If it doesn't agree with scripture, there's something wrong with it. You're only getting part of it. Pray on it and wait for it. And I've had people say, well, God's told me to divorce my husband. I said, really? I said, let's have a look at the word of God. You know, or something else that is just doesn't line up with Scripture. And the Word and the Spirit always agree. If it doesn't, there's something in our understanding of one or both that needs adjusting. And we pray or maybe talk to a spiritual leader to say, hey, I'm getting this download, but I'm just not sure where it fits. That's the safety of pastors and leaders and the body of Christ. Because pastors and leaders are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry not just to do all the preaching for the work of the ministry and I want to encourage you life stream church that the life of the spirit's flowing in this place and he's equipping us to touch our lovely broken community Toowoomba's a great place and uh, I believe that God's going to raise up more and more very powerful spirit filled Christians and churches and there's a whole lot of people out here that he wants to reach Maybe you're here today and you think, wow, I haven't heard a sermon like that for a while. Or you're on a journey of discovering, is Jesus real for you? Maybe you've been on the fringes of church life. I don't know. Maybe this is your first time along today. Or maybe you don't regularly go to, to a church. But something's happening in your soul today. And I want to just offer to pray a prayer for you today. As the worship team comes, and uh, let's just bow our heads for a moment. <clears throat> There's lots more I could share, but that's enough for today. We want to uh, just make room for the Holy Spirit right now. As our heads are bowed, I want to ask the question, do you know this amazing Jesus in a personal way? Not your friend's faith or your parents or your kid's faith, but men, women, do you know this amazing Jesus in a personal way like we've been sharing about today? Maybe you once have and it's time to come back and it's your day to return to Jesus or you personally to open your heart and God's speaking to some hearts here right now he loves you he's not out to embarrass you but he's out to change your world <clears throat> and maybe some things have not been going well or God's been drawing you for a while and everywhere you turn he's getting your attention if you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you're not in, at peace with Jesus You've never opened your heart to him or it's time to come back 
I'd like to pray for you right now. Young person, older person. If that's you today, I invite you right now just to lift your hand and say, Pastor Ross, I want to open my heart to Jesus or come back. God bless you. Who else today? God bless you. God bless you, sir. Who else today? Maybe you know Jesus, but it's time to come back and make a full surrender. Who else today? Yeah, God bless you. That's beautiful. There's young people here. You've relied on your parents' faith, but you've realized, hey, it's a big bad world out there and you need to know Jesus for yourself. Who else today? Maybe you're watching online right now. Yeah, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Who else today? Saying, that's me. That's me. You've been around church for a while, but maybe you've made a surrender to Jesus before, but it's like today, it's the day where you know something's really shifting and you need to really have Jesus at the center of your life. Anyone else today? God's calling people. I can feel the tug in people's hearts. There's people at home that you need to, wherever you are, reach your hand to heaven. And we're going to pray a prayer in a moment. Let's all stand in His presence right now. Let's all stand and just take a moment. Now, if, if, if God's been speaking to your heart and you put your hand up, or well, maybe you would have liked to and you say, hey, I really feel there's a tug in my heart. This whole service, something's been happening. If you put your hand up or you'd like to, I'm going to invite you to come and join me at the front. 